Disclaimer. The opinions expressed on Strange Sound are entirely my own. They represent no one else. Not my employer, not anyone I'm associated with, not family members, not members of Big Green, not Marvin, my personal robot assistant. No one. No one agrees with me. No one. No one. That's my disclaimer. Thank you. On with the show. Strange Sound is an opinion piece, an ongoing conversation between me and whoever's willing to listen. That could be you. That may be you. Episode 1. Employer-Provided Healthcare. Health insurance is a topic that's been discussed ad infinitum for how many years um, in the public space really came to the fore uh, with the Obama election back in 2008, um, of course, it had been discussed pretty thoroughly before that. It's been batted around, and um, the idea of Medicare for All really came to the fore, I would say, in 2016. And in the uh, months leading up to that campaign general election season, Um mostly because of Bernie Sanders, but others as well. Um, And it's been an idea that's been around for a long time. Obviously, it's the centerpiece of several campaigns this time around in the 2020 season. Elizabeth Warren um, centered her campaign on it um, early on, along with some other signal issues. She's kind of backed away from it a bit. Bernie Sanders is certainly espoused it once once again, and he's been most fiercely in favor of it. There have been other candidates, sort of Midland candidates, who've sort of embraced it and then backed off and um, critic- since criticized it. Um, Mayor Buttigieg has won. Biden never really uh, was in favor of it, has more or less criticized it. So I'm not going to really go into a lot of the details about the plan. You can hear from much more knowledgeable people than me on on the ins and outs of Medicare for All and on the ins and outs of um, medical insurance and health insurance writ large um, as this large piece of our economy. What I am going to talk about, though, today is one of the things that I... This has been a bit of a pet peeve with me, and uh, I'm a little frustrated to hear progressive candidates like um, Bernie Sanders not hit back harder on this criticism of Medicare for All, uh, because it seems to me like low-hanging fruit. Now, I was gratified to see that in the in the final debate before the New Hampshire primary, he did point out that the um, George Mason study that um, 
Biden and others are so fond of quoting and citing in trying to um, discredit Medicare for All as being way too expensive to even consider. This trope has been picked up on television ad infinitum. Morning Joe. You can see all these charts showing how expensive Medicare for All is going to be. The thing that doesn't get said and the thing that actually got said (laughs) finally at this last debate before New Hampshire was the fact that, yes, Medicare for All is expensive, but what's more expensive is what we're doing right now. And that's partly what the George Mason study showed. Even in a study that's really designed to make Medicare for All look bad, they had to admit that it costs trillions of dollars less, you know, using the time span that they were studying and that there was a 10-year period that I forget which years they were laying out, but it was several years in the future. Uh, for a 10-year period, they were saying that Medicare for All was going to cost $32 trillion. Um, what their study showed, though, was that doing what we're doing right now is going to cost $34 trillion, <laughs> which seems like a salient point. When you're saying how much Medicare for all is going to cost. Okay, that's one thing. We know what that costs. Now what does what we're doing now, the utter failure that we're engaging in right now, what is that going to cost? The system that fails millions of people every year. And I know people have disputed uh, Bernie Sanders' claim about half a million people last year um, bankrupted because of their high medical costs. Now, that figure of 500,000 plus is reflective of how many people went bankrupt because they had a medical issue. Um, That includes people who went bankrupt, probably 40% of them who went bankrupt because of large medical bills or, and the others because they lost their job. They were put out of work so they couldn't make their bills. So it's kind of hard to parse what the cause of their bankruptcy is um, exactly. But, you know, I mean, that's something you can talk to probably Elizabeth Warren about (laughs) since she was a bankruptcy specialist. Uh, But I think the salient point is this system fails a lot of people. And if we can save money by going to a system that doesn't fail this many people that, in fact, theoretically at least, won't fail anybody, uh, that's a big step forward, and it's a savings. So you can save money and have better coverage, and everyone will be covered. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Okay, so that was one thing. That was one piece of this that um, has been driving me crazy, and actually Bernie did sort of correct himself in this last debate. Um, on the last debate before New Hampshire. However, there is one other piece of this that really drives me crazy. And that piece is one that was, that's an issue that was raised by uh, Joe Biden more than once. In a couple of the debates now, uh, Joe Biden has talked about private health insurance. 170 million people who are on their private employer provided health insurance plans 
And the way he puts it is that these are plans that they negotiated for. These are benefits that they negotiated for. And and they like their health insurance and they want to be able to hold on to it. And Bernie's plan would take this insurance away from them. Those 170 million people in the United States who have that kind of coverage. This notion that they negotiated for it is ridiculous. Yes, there are some people in America within that 160 or 170 million people, there are some workers who did negotiate for their health coverage. It's a tiny percentage of that total. It's certainly people within the organized labor movement, which in the private sector is less than 10% of the workforce. Something like, I think between 6 and 8% of the workforce, of the private sector workforce, is unionized. Do, did most of those people negotiate for their health, health coverage? Possibly. It might have been part of the negotiation. But the vast majority of the people who get health insurance through their employer do not negotiate for it any more than they negotiate for anything else. Yes, they might have negotiated for their salary when they came in. I doubt it. There's usually a little bit of a back and forth with most jobs. But chances are, if they negotiated for anything, it was more or less, are you going to hire me? Are you not going to hire me? That's the negotiation. And then when you when you take a position with a company, you can get the health insurance or sometimes you can opt out. That's your choice. Okay, that's your negotiation. This idea that everyone negotiates for their employer-provided health coverage is ridiculous. And Bernie Sanders ought to swat this back pretty hard. I mean, pretty much anybody on that stage should be able to do this. But uh, Bernie is probably the last one who's willing to actually take up this issue with any fervor. The more general point that tens and really more than 100 million people people who are employees in the United States who have employer-provided health insurance, the notion that they all love their health insurance and would scream about it being taken away, that too is pretty ridiculous. Now, I'm sure there's people out there who like their health insurance. Um, I have to use myself as an example because I have had different policies over the years in different employment situations. And I think it's relatively representative of what of what people of the range of options that people could have based on who's employing them. Not that you have a choice once you're an employee. <laughs> it's more or less just whoever whatever your situation is, whatever's available to you at the time. I've been an independent contractor. I was an independent contractor for well over a decade, and I was self-insured. My first policy was with Mutual of Omaha. It was actually a series of policies. Uh, It was an indemnity policy. And it was expensive, but it was more or less set up to be a catastrophic plan. 
And I paid for it and they never paid for anything. Suffice to say that they essentially, um, the deductibles were so high that it was, they just never paid for anything. My medical providers would not bill directly to the insurance company. Um, They would bill me and then I would try to get um, compensation from my insurance company. They pretty much universally just turned me down whenever I requested a payment, which wasn't very often, to be fair. Um, I had it, I had another policy that was um, through Exodus Blue Cross Blue Shield, was a group policy as an independent contractor. And uh, that was kind of a disaster too. They didn't pay for anything. I paid, I don't know, probably $500 a month for my wife and, and me. This was um, almost 20 years ago. And it was a lot of money at the time. And uh, they basically didn't cover anything. I then got a position, and it, it was partly because of the crappy health insurance that I had as um, in, in my previous life. Um, I then got a position with a nonprofit and part of my compensation was a health insurance plan, a family health insurance plan for myself and my wife that started out as a PPO, but ended up being a high deductible HSA plan. My health plan is what would be considered a Cadillac plan nowadays. What this means is my employer pays more than 80% of my premium every month. My employer also pays three quarters of my deductible over the course of the year. That is to say, um, the only way that my employer um, can affordably provide health insurance to their employees is by having a high deductible plan that they then make up for by covering most of the premium and most of the deductible. And that ends up being less expensive for them, and it's it's a reasonable way forward. So basically, yeah, uh, to, the, to the extent that the question of affordability comes into it, you could say that I like my coverage, but the thing I like about my coverage is the fact that my employer pays for practically all of it. It's my employer that is keeping me safe from my insurance company. If it wasn't for my employer's contribution, if my employer was not covering more than 80% of my premium and more than three quarters, or about three quarters of my deductible, I would be paying over $1,000 a month in premiums alone and an additional $300 a month on average to cover my deductible if we had enough if we had enough medical charges to meet our deductible over the course of a year, and we usually do. So it's it's not that the plan is good. It's that our employer is good, and it's a good benefit. They make the plan livable for me. So if you think I'm going to support a candidate that will allow me to keep this plan rather than implement a Medicare for all system, you're insane. Of course I wouldn't do that. (laughs) It's not because of my employer. It's because 
the plan itself is inherently flawed. It's just the best thing that's available. And again, I didn't negotiate for this. It's just what's available as an employee. That's what I can have. I can either have that or I can have nothing. That's the way it works. And I think that's the way it works for most people who have access to a benefit package of this this type through their work. So, um, not to put too fine a point on it, this trope about how ordinary working people who have medical coverage through their employer are really in love with that coverage, all these 160 million or 170 million people in the United States who have that kind of coverage, that they're really attached to their coverage, they like their coverage, it's wonderful, and they negotiated for it. That's all a bunch of crap. There may be people out there who love their insurance company. I don't know who that is. Whoever they are, they got a better insurance company than I have. My insurance company has turned me down for a bunch of things over the years. And as I said before, the only good part of my coverage is the fact that my employer pays for the vast majority of my costs. That's why it's a, quote, Cadillac plan. And they were almost penalized for that. And that's all I got to say on the subject. So, Bernie, have at it. Don't let them get away with saying that employees of private companies who receive health benefits are in love with their health insurance and that they negotiated for it. That's a pile of crap. Just throw it back in their faces. Well, that's all I have. Thanks for listening. Strange Sound is brought to you by me and only me. This is a one-man operation, one-person operation. Um, So please, if you have any comments, any input, um, send it my way. You can... uh, find various ways to do that on on our uh, podcast location or on the device that you're using um, please share and uh, if you feel so inclined to like um, leave good reviews, bad reviews, whatever leave some kind of review for God's sake I'll be back with another episode of Strange Sound stay tuned and take care